I am hoping that today, as we give you our report, the nature of your questions will be tempered with a little bit of sensitivity, particularly as we are talking about people who are your colleagues. Um, so, we come from a very dark place and hopefully we're moving into the light. And the significance of that, perhaps, today is Diwali. If there are any people here who celebrate Diwali, the Feast of Light, I wish you well. And I hope that that light is going to begin to guide us and to guide this particular organization as you move out of darkness into light. Now, gender-based violence. We are particularly looking at uh, sexual harassment at the SABC. Um, is it on slide mode already? I have given you just the, the first slide is really just to give you an idea. The definition that we used and the approach that we used towards investigating sexual harassment. Sexual harassment, I think, the bold in red is very important. It isn't a biological problem that you can get a doctor to remedy with uh, a prescription. And because it is not a biological problem, it is socio-cultural, and it's deeply embedded in society and how we perceive women and men and ascribe roles. And because of this, it is a logical consequence of the gender inequalities and sexism that already exists in our society. I go on to just give you an idea. I'm not putting you through a gender lesson, but I really just do want you to understand the approach that we adopted so that you don't ask us questions that would seem like this was a legal process. Um, it is also very important that uh, we understand that there are different types of sexual harassment. In some instances, it's a one-off matter, the quid pro quo type of sexual harassment. In some instances, there is this ongoing, relentless demand of sexual favors by a senior employee or a junior employee. And all of this leads to a very toxic work environment that finally leads the complainant to resign. Now, that is the backdrop that I would like you to, to bear in mind. The other thing that I would also like you to bear in mind is the limitation of the commission. This was not a judicial commission of inquiry that had powers to subpoena or force people to come. 
It was just an internal commission that was set up by the SABC management with approval and support of the board to explore. So all that we could do on receiving complainants wish to see us would be to then write to the alleged perpetrator and say, Mr. X, we have received an allegation from Ms. X that you have been or have been and still is sexually abusing her. We would like to give you an opportunity to come and talk to us and respond and put your case. If Mr. X doesn't want to come, we also follow it up with another email. And ultimately, closer to the end of the process, we then informed Mr. X that, by the way, Mr. X, we have investigated the matter and we are going to make a finding and recommendation without your input. And we have two such cases, we came across two such cases during the course of our work. And of course, the cases had been fully investigated, information corroborated, names of people that had been given by the complainant People were invited, documentation sought from the SABC, and, and treated almost as if uh, he had been there. So our recommendations are also quite relevant to those particular cases, and uh, later on in the presentation, I think uh, Mfana will, uh, will be touching on that. So I'm not giving you specific findings. I think Mpana is going to be addressing those. But I also want to highlight something which I didn't cover in my opening comments, that um, we have a set of complainants that came to see us where in our report we actually do mention that Barbara Watson approached the Commission of Inquiries on Sexual Harassment, leveling accusation against Mfana Shosi for sexually harassing her. So those cases have got names and they have specific recommendations. And then we have another group of cases. This is a group from those that we call the whistleblowers. We had an email address that had been set up for our use and the whistleblowers would say we want to come and see you and in most instances at that point they would be using non-diplomes and only later on they would phone and say no I'm ready to come and see you. When they came to see us, it was actually quite interesting that they, they told us that uh, the reason why they chose to come and see us was they googled my name and they googled Mfana's name and of course they found that this is the former chairman of the Commission on Gender Equality 
He's never been an employee of SABC, so they had confidence in, in him and his independence. And they Googled my name, and they also found that Barbara Watson is a professional social worker. She's been through the Truth Commission and all of these other processes, and we can also trust her. And they would say, because of that, we felt you were independent enough and you had credibility. I'm mentioning this because this is a very critical point in the life of the SABC. There's a lot of fear amongst employees. Uh, I don't have to tell you where that fear comes from. That dark place that the institution is coming from. So in everything that is done, issues of confidentiality and credibility matter a lot. A lot of them said there was, there was what? Trust deficit. Yes, that's, it. that's the expression that uh, a lot of people use. So, from the testimonies and information of these whistleblowers, we haven't even given the CEO the comprehensive list of those people. Because, uh, first of all, these are people who have given us names and names of people saying that my daughter, who is the CEO of SABC, took Barbara to Mauritius for a holiday at a time when we were advertising. Nomsa, what's your post? Uh, when there was an advert of GETV position. And when Barbara and my daughter came from Mauritius, Barbara was telling the world that she's going to get that job. And in the meantime, Barbara only has a grade 12, and Nomsa and all the many others who have the credential applied for the job. And of course, as fate would have it, a week later, Barbara is announced as the new genie. You see? So those are the people that give us the names of these people and the names of the beneficiaries. Now the terms of reference did not enable us to investigate and corroborate all these. They remain allegations made by certain people. And it is for that reason that we are not releasing those names yet because we need to come to some agreement with the SABC as to how those cases are going to be handled. But we also, we also have specific recommendations around those cases which uh, Mfana will mention. Um, so, uh, and the cases that, uh, that we have received. If it pleases you later on in the presentation, we would like to give you a snapshot of one or two of the cases. Where did most of the cases come? It was actually interesting that uh, when we were appointed, we were told that the request emanated from television side. But the interesting thing is that most of the Complainants have come from radio. 
uh, we're not sure whether there's still an element of fear to come forward. We received complaints and handled cases from all regions except the Western Cape. Now that is very interesting because we didn't even get a whisper about Western Cape. So I know that uh, in government uh, circles, the Western Cape is a, a province that's almost like a Balkan state of uh, South Africa. <laughs> so I don't know if uh, the same applies at uh, SABC. But it is one of the provinces that we do not have a case from. We have some uh, cases from KZN, and I'm sure all of you have been following some of the cases uh, from Lotus FM. And um, oh, someone's phone, someone's baby's crying here. Uh, so, uh, in fact, we had quite a few cases from KZN, and it was the only province where we decided to move to and have hearings there. All the other provinces, we invited uh, people to come and see us in Johannesburg. So I think this is just the broad paintbrushes of the commission, our work. We are going to give you a five-pager at the end of this with all the details so you don't have to worry to capture everything that we are saying. So I am now going to hand over to my colleague, Mfana Shozi, as I said earlier. Mfana is the former chairman of the Commission on Gender Equality, and he will come and take over. I didn't go through slides one by one because uh, I thought it's easier if we talk. But I would like, as we move forward, for all of you to remember later on, when we do Q&A, let us remember that we are talking about our colleagues. And let's deal with the information sensitively. Thanks, Chair. It was very nice to, to be late. We passed 12 years on the chair, so uh, it's always nice to, to follow. And I think I had a, a wonderful chairperson who was leading me on gender equality matters. Uh, I don't wear, I don't wear spectacles, and uh, I always argue with my chair that I come from the world area, so I can see from very far. I think uh, maybe today I'm a little bit, uh, but I'll, 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 I'll try my best. Um, I'll just. Uh, Come straight to the, the issue of special favors. I'll just give you a snapshot um, of the findings, uh, and I think that's what you are really interested in. In the chair has spoken about the issue of uh, the special favors. I think what is important is that the special favors for us, I give you two issues that actually came up. It's either I give you a job, give me sex, or you give me money. There's one case which I'm going to actually allude to. So 
but and people also on the list on the whistleblowers list as well is what people said. But I think the other critical issue about this is that with issues of, of special favors, there is a benefactor and a beneficiary. Both of them have benefited. You know, whether the other one is oppressed or not, but maybe it's actually uh, been given a, a position, so he's afraid to come forward because if that is found, the investigation is conducted, he or she might be demoted <coughs> or fired and so on. So that's why it makes it very difficult to actually investigate uh, the issues of, of special care. But I think we have a recommendation around that and I'm going to go around that. And the other issue that is also critical is that we did not have any complaint from a man who has been sexually harassed. All the cases, because this is a general space, and women have actually come forward. There was no men who have actually come before us, except one who later complained because one female is actually, it has been alleged that they, in the circles, people were saying that men is actually sexually harassed that employee. So she came before and said, please clear my name. But uh, when that female came before us, indeed she cooperated and said, yes, I was sexually harassed, but I did not report it. And as a commission, we felt that that needs to be actually processed as well. Um, let me start with the one case, the Basel Natal case. So we are using pseudonyms here because we don't want uh, the SAPC to, to be taken to task or SAPC to process these matters. We received um, a submission from uh, Ms. X alleging that a uh, witness uh, with others the sexual harassment which entailed Mr. Y. So we received a submission from a man from KZN alleging that is a, 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 an employee in KZN was sexually, sexually harassed. But what is critical about this case is that I'll just summarize it, is that the person who was sexually harassed lodged a complaint with SAPCHR and that complaint was processed informally, there was no conclusion. At the time of our commission, the person who had actually lodged that complaint did not come forward. But a particular whistleblower from KZN wrote a complaint with us. We wrote the complainant, I would call the former complainant, the person who had been alleged to be sexually harassed. She never even responded to our emails. But when we investigated, we, we unedited that that particular person has been given a position at a particular station by the alleged sexual harasser, and therefore, in our view, we think that they were now cooperating with this. And we feel that the SAPC should investigate this. Because there is documentation that indeed uh, there was an alleged sexual harassment that is actually taking place. So, in a national what has actually happened? Uh, Chair, will always uh, um, add if you feel that I, I've left something very important in relation to this. But, Yeah, and um,
What is also critical? You know, I need to be aware because I don't want to. Must be very careful. Must use pseudonyms. So I know these names of it. <laughs> so we have also recommended that the SAPC should actually follow this up and make sure then that. And we also feel then that HR did not do what it's supposed to do. In this regard, the, the SAPC sexual harassment policy was not followed. And we are saying it must be followed. SAPC should actually take this up with HR and, and investigate in terms of what is supposed to happen. But I think we are actually giving very clear uh, recommendations in relation to this case. We, we are saying that there is enough evidence to prove that the act of social harassment occurred witnessed by more than one person and was formally reported to HR but badly handled by HR. The organization place was never was distorted. Now this thing about social harassment officially found at SAPC is that there is a very clear police. But on issues of social harassment, HR and managers will just decide that no, let's not follow the police. Let's have maybe a progressive hearing. Let's just have an informal hearing. The complainant will not be informed about the, the outcome of the investigation and so on and so forth. And opting deliberately not to follow the police. So, evidence exists of random and frequent cases of sexual harassment and harassment over the years. Victims, what is also critical is that with this one, What is also critical was that when we, one of the very senior people at the SABC traveled as this case, you know, when it was reported, said no, it's one of those things. And people have actually come before us as well, have even said that sometimes when you go to HR, they'll always tell you, no, it happened to me, and uh, don't worry, uh, we're going to be all right. See, and people always say this, that if you're a woman, you always go up through um, uh, sexual harassment, you sleep, you sleep around and so on, so don't worry. And this really victimized complainants of which come before us. Chair, there is another, there's another case that I, I think, recommendation in relation to this particular case. We feel that at that particular station in KZN, leadership is very weak. You know, if you can put it in Zulu, Ugama time, everyone is doing what he or she likes. And I, I hope you all know that even reports of, um, in one of the books that's just been released, of a, a former employee being raped inside the ACPC premises. Um, Evidence exists of random and frequent cases of sexual abuse and harassment over the years. Victims do not get the protection they deserve from the institution. The station is always, you know, this station out of Ishwara Farad that had always had a main manager. Patrick is rough, as evident by the fact that it is Indian station staffed by Indian workers for an Indian audience. One woman said to us, the Indian men regard the station as their fifth door and the women freelancers as they are hiring to do with as they pleased. 
we, what is also critical was that we also, from that investigation, there was also another case where Miss A was dismissed following the circulation of new pictures without her consent. I think we must mention this, we know that we have this information. This was done to placate and preserve the reaction of listeners on social media. You know, in general equality matters, you know, uh, don't uh, relate this to any other new pictures, just focus on what I'm trying This, on gender equality matters, a woman's pictures were taken without her consent, they were distributed, and the SABC took a decision, they said, this is going to actually um, upset our listeners, upset everyone. Therefore, we are going to actually uh, fire this woman. You know? In our view, we feel that SAPC has actually collaborated with the person who has actually distributed pictures. You know? Instead of hearing the story of this woman that actually happened and so on, so we felt that the human rights of that particular um, victim were not. Uh, was violated, uh, was gender oppressed in relation to that, and I think the SAPC is really looking to, to that. Point. We understand that listeners are important, but they must also understand uh, the issues surrounding gender equality and human rights of people. Um, as I said, don't uh, link it to any other issues. As I said, um, leadership is lacking from. Um, we also found that. Uh, more especially, you know, most of the issues, and I think the chair must be blunt on this, they come from radio, but we feel them that at a senior level, when it comes to issues of sexual harassment, leadership is lacking in dealing with these particular matters. We, we have also seen that the issues of gender equality and human rights are also lacking. Why we are saying this that, is that a person will be will be accused of sexual harassment. The case will be lodged. And management won't even suspend that person. The, the victim will work with that particular person. Everything, sometimes uh, hours reduced, you know, assuming other things that are going to happen. And the victim will always be victimized. And when the report has been um, finalized, it won't be shared with the victim, but shared with the perpetrator. No, there are so many other things, so I'll move fast here. Um, uh, our recommendation is that uh, Erebus must provide leadership and demand regulation of organized policies. Uh, this case of Miss Y must be followed up and the wrongs corrected in other words, open the case afresh as it is happened today and follow the, the procedures. We, we also feel then that um, if you have not a complaint of harassment and now don't want to come forward just because you've benefited, I think SAPC should follow the policy of We feel that um, not taking so HR must also go for, for training on many fronts, especially with issues of, of sexual assault. There is a Bloomfortan case. Um, in, in 2014, Miss uh, Z was sexually harassed. Sexual harassment included unwelcome hugging, inappropriate touching, conditionally asking her for a date. The worst was when, when, the, when the victim 
when the perpetrator walked into the office of the victim with an erected penis and asked her to touch it. She, the victim was livid, but did not report it as she thought she could handle it. The refusal to do all this led to the perpetrator being nasty towards her and being very undermining of her, of her authority and creating hostile looking environment. Just imagine. Various documents were provided and people named in the, in the documents were interviewed to corroborate the allegation. The alleged perpetrator was also interviewed and other officials. The documents and emails all confirmed that the alleged perpetrator was difficult and indeed undermined uh, Ms. Z. Two high-level high reports by head office officials meaning that at their meetings in free state. You know what? This the other issue. The, the SIPC knew that there was a sexual harassment taking place at their regional office. But they said because it's not reported, no, they're not going to do anything about it. I think there's a duty on the employer when sexual harassment issues have been raised to make sure that they're investigated and actually engage uh, the victims of these matters. The alleged perpetrator denied, you know what, all of them who came before us, they denied this thing. They said, no, I'm a Christian. One of them even parroted the, the Rosarache. Rosary. Rosary. said, no, I'm a Christian. So it means when you, when you have a Rosary, then you, you cannot, and we know what is happening in the, in the Eastern Cape. Well, I'm a married man. <laughs> I'm a married man. So the alleged perpetrator denied any sexual harassment and the mining of victims, despite the victims presented to him. His defense is that his straightforward, no-nonsense attitude, misinterpreted for being undermining, uh, another defense for him was that he's a hard worker, he knows uh, HR policies, and uh, that's why people are jealous of him, and so on. He further stated that he only hugged her for the erected pains we asked, we put it to, to him. He further stated that he only hugged her once when she was dismissed, and he had to give her the dismissal letter. And which made her cry, and um, then she comforted her. Complaining said that she's older and more competent now. So she did not report that at that particular time, but the SAPC was aware of it. Is it even in the documents where they discuss on this thing? The only option that SAPC was said, okay, there's this sexual harassment case here in, in the Bloomfontein. Let's just have an awareness on sexual harassment and educate people about awareness rather than uh, processing the, the actual case. But the company said she's older and more confident now, hence her coming forward. She wants justice and to make sure the alleged perpetrator never does this to someone else or, or younger, vulnerable women. But the argument that I picked up um, is that I would call them sexual predators. Most of them, whom we actually found that they've actually done this, they're very arrogant. Very arrogant. When they come before us, we really see that, who are you? You know, you, you, you won't even touch me. You, know, you, you could see even even how um, um, they will respond to us. You know, and uh, with the calm of uh, Jefferson, we were able to handle them. You know, with my KZN blood, sometimes it was difficult to check up with calm it down. Africa case three. I'm not going to 
go to all of them. I like to say that again, the line manager leading to recognition from a full-time employer, a union member, and another important point, I don't want to forget this one. We have picked up as the commission then that unions at the SAPC don't care about sexual harassment. They've never assisted women in sexual harassment. Even though they come before us, when you ask them about these things, you know, they, they were not assisting us. We even asked them how many cases of harassment they are aware of at the SAPC. And we feel that they should champion this of harassment, you know. Um, yeah. And even their policies, you know, they are there, but they are not assisting. So, as I've said, HR accused of colluding with managers when grievance was lodged but never finalized. Um, senior manager interviewed accused of comment of unprofessional and poor work ethic. Despite all the accusations, she was never suspended or punished for this behavior. You see, there was a report in one of the cases. And I must comment that internal OT person who, who wrote that report. Just a finance person. That was a good report. But it needed an HR person who understands sexual harassment issues and gender issues. Because I think the report said it was an unprofessional conduct. But when you read the report inside, there were a lot of sexual harassment that was taking place. But people opted, they chose only the unprofessional conduct at the expense of the entire report. So, as, as I've said, all um, people who have actually come before us, they, they deny, uh, they deny um, uh, sexual harassment, that they've actually connected in. Another point, Chair, that I think, I'm not sure I'll put it in here, uh, but I know that's in the report, is that because of sexual harassment, one Muslim lawyer said to us, you know what, sometimes, not all of them, some people at the SAPC would, would promise students employment <coughs> who are at the VCINT, I think UJ and others, to say, no, I'm going to employ you and sexual harassment. So, which is something that SAPC, when we educate our staff members, should make sure that uh, we, we deal with it. Um, uh, the, the case number four, the, the allegation includes a separate time uh, work and by updating and deleting segments in pre-recorded work and always offering her leave home despite refusal touching her in an appropriate manner, demanding that she works late she, so that he could be alone with her. This other, other one we have actually found out that people actually sexually harassed women in, at, at SAPC are in most cases are senior managers who are uh, people who actually going to allocate work, that sometimes allocate them at night, and so on and so forth. So, out of desperation, she approached, um, this one she approached in 2018, approached politicians, they asked the board to investigate the matter, all this included in the dossier. So I'll move very quickly because some of these cases are, 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 are similar. So we, we, we feel that the SAPC should also um, uh, look into this case and uh, look at the, the perpetrator. And, um, and uh, follow the police. Whew, this one. Uh, case five. Chair will add. Um, Miss Pierce has a sexual harassment with the sexual advance made by Mr. A. Mr. A is her line manager.
from Channel Africa. Mr. A will occasionally compliment her on what on how she dressed, offer to take her to salon to do her hair, to buy her clothes, uh, a car and a flat. At some point she said, No, do your hair, I'll buy you a car, I'll buy you clothes, I'll even buy you a flat. And in fact she the the the, the, the alleged perpetrator said to us, yes, I said all those things. I offered uh, to actually buy a flat. I wanted her to, to actually be a manager of those flats and so on. And we asked a number of questions to that. At times, he used to take her out and she agreed very reluctantly. We asked her why you agreed. She said, this is my manager. I was afraid that she was not going to actually schedule me if I don't agree. All this made Miss P to, to be very uncomfortable as she informed the commission that this made her days longer at work. She agreed to go out with Miss A because she was afraid that if she does not agree to his request, she was not going to be scheduled. They once went to a waterfront now called Brightwater Commons. When they came back from that, Mr. A then asked her to give him a kiss. She declined and he then asked uh, for a peck and I asked the chair what is a peck and the chair said to me, little kiss on the face. So I put little kiss on the face. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she also declined uh, the request. Mr. A looked very disappointed and she jumped out of, 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 of his car and rushed to, to her home in disbelief. Um, after she refused her sexual advances, her work performance was never appreciated by her line manager. She was always wrong and victimized. Her hours were reduced from eight hours to six, which was later resolved by one of the managers after, after the manager's special intervened. In his testimony, Mr. A agreed that he had Ms. P and gave the following monies, 1,000 rand, 400 rand, 1,000 and other monies that she could not remember. 